IDC Radio. Hello, I'm Bar Ruven. I'm the co-founder of the CAT 669 Alumni Association and the Executive Vice President of Development for the American Friends of Unit 669, aka AFU 669. In addition to my work, I'm an entrepreneur. I sold my first startup called Mishlochov a few years ago, and I'm now the co-founder and CEO of Disher. And I'm Dr. Jonathan Pfeffer. I'm an innovation and mentoring expert. I consult U.S. and Israeli startups and multinationals on innovation strategy and on creating and maintaining a culture of innovation, which is also the focus of my PhD. I'm a mentor and judge at Harvard's Innovation Lab and a mentoring supervisor at the CAT 669 Alumni Association, among others. Lastly, I also teach innovation management here at the IDC Interdisciplinary Center in Herzliya, which is graciously hosting us from their radio channel studios. Our guest today served as a combat rescue soldier in the 13th team. He was a mentor in our mentoring program. He's a member of the YPO Forum, founded two companies that did an IPO. He loves and practices acro-yoga, and when he's not doing that, he also finds time to manage uh, FinTech VC. Yuval Tal, welcome. Thank you very much. Uh, welcome, and thank you for having me. Uh, so Yuval, can you just uh, tell us, uh, let's begin from the connection to the unit. When did you serve? What was your role? When I finished high school, there was like a, the yearbook where they talk about uh, you know, people's personality. And the one thing they wrote about me is, you know, uh, Yuval, Tal, telephone uh, at home is 669-669. So I knew, <laughs> I knew ahead of time that uh, it's so significant. It, uh, it really changes the course of life. And in many ways, I would absolutely say that uh, serving in a unit changes uh, did change the course of life and it's still with me almost in every single junction. Wow, you know, that your service in the unit is still with you. So can you share with us either some principles or life lessons or values? Maybe we start with the shallow element. It doesn't matter what you do in the unit. The fact that the rest of the population treats you and give you the respect mm-hmm. of being mm-hmm. in unit, just the, so the image and the right, so you manage you in Harvard, right? So the, the Harvard effect, or in this case, the, the elite unit effect, uh, mm-hmm. bring a lot of value from just the, I guess, resonation of what people think. So I think there is, it doesn't matter again what you do, if it's effective or not, the validation that you get from mm-hmm. very professional people give you a lot of credit in the business world. If I need to choose now partners, and they, they went to Sayerat Matkal, or they went to 669, or they went to Shaldag, or one of the elite units, even if most of what they've done have no relevance to, uh, to the business we're in, mm. because they have been through a lot of kind of junction that are yeah. tough, that are really, really tough. So let's say someone comes to you, They don't have the certifications. What would it take for you to or for him or her to do or say or show or demonstrate for you to say, "Okay, I realize you don't have the certification, but you've got that it factor. you've got it. Uh, first of all, I'm not into this social justice stuff. So this mm-hmm. is in, in startups, <coughs> it's kind of a tough game, and you want to improve your chance of success. And so if you have done nothing exceptional and you're now at age forty, Mm-hmm. And most of what you did in your life was working in a bank in some bureaucratic middle mm-hmm. management level, then I wouldn't take the chance. okay? Like okay, it's not for everybody. It's mm-hmm. not it just then there has to be some excellence in something. It doesn't matter what it is, but you need to you want to work with people that, that can withstand the pressure, mm-hmm. that can withstand the uncertainty, that can withstand the, the different uh, or the, the hiccups and the mm-hmm. really volatile, roller coaster that that you go through and find the wisdom to navigate through it and be able to hire people and to let go of people and to I mean this it takes a lot and if you have done nothing exceptional 
then I don't want you to be. I, I don't want to be the first one to try. You know, go do something. <laughs> so go do a few marathons. Or do something mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that show that you have the stamina and uh, and the persistence and uh, and uh, something that gives you the the chance to increase the probability of success for a startup. So I noticed you have on your one of your um, social uh, media profile a quote that speaks to that, and I wonder if you can elaborate on it. It's, uh, I'll just start a sentence or two of it, because it's a whole paragraph. It starts, it is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. The credit belongs to the man who is actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs and comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error or shortcoming. Yeah, so I think that this was the inspiration for the Muppet Show, And if you look at uh, Kermit and you mm -hmm. look at mm -hmm. the old people that sits on the mm -hmm. right on the balcony, I, I don't <laughs> forget the names, right? Right, right. So Kermit is running around trying to make the show go right, and then the, those two old people are giving him the critics. So I would say, right, so if you're an entrepreneur and running a, and running a company, then you think and you're going you're gonna to be Kermit for a while. <laughs> and you're going to have a lot of Miss Piggy trying to kind of punish you in every which way, and you're going to have a lot of... So uh, it, it's kind of a, I guess, humorous way of the same statement that uh, Theodore Roosevelt kind of uh, spoke in, uh, in 1910. You know, there's something about being an entrepreneur, it, and it's not for everybody. It really isn't for everybody. But think of it as a Kermit. Do you really want to run the show? Do you really want to be the one that makes everything tick all the time and people are pulling in every which direction mm. um, uh, or not? And sometimes it's, it's okay to be number two or number three or number six or... Okay, just join the early stage or even go to a large company and, 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 and fulfill your life in, in other ways. So, so let's stay with that, with the critics and the piggy yeah. <laughs> and the piggy characters of the world. How did you manage the piggy characters of the world and the critics? I mean, because it sounds on TV, it sounds like Kermit is going, you know, mad, wild, right? So I think, I, I, I don't know if it's so personal. I think that it's, I, I would maybe try to aim it for the audience more than... And it is personal. I think that there is a, there's a, some inher inherent drive when you wake up in the morning and kind of you're already late. And, like a, um, and, and there's a, some kind of, a, I guess, inherent driven forces. And people can channel it to a different direction. And I think that channeling it to start a company, especially these days, is a phenomenal, beautiful, creative way of channeling the energy to, to, mm -hmm. to do stuff. And, and that's like... Because you create something out of nothing and you have so much industry around you to support you in this and it become like a common thing. And uh, again, 50 years ago, it didn't exist. 100 years ago, it was not conceived. It's, it's a probably one of the biggest changes in, 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 in social, I guess, professional life, right? Because if you have something to offer to the world and, you all, and you're willing to commit yourself and you're willing to kind of find a team and with it kind of to build value and you're willing to make the commitment, then there's a whole industry that's going to support you to create value. And we see so many yeah. companies creating so much value. This is like really, really junction in history. It's much more than, than, a, than a, in a fashion or some kind of a slot in time. It's beautiful. So if you look, I think I was at the beginning, fairly at the beginning. And once I realized that this is a possibility, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't look back. <laughs> when did you consider yourself for the first time as an entrepreneur? Yeah, so once, once you raise money, you're an uh, entrepreneur, whether you like it or not. <laughs> uh, so once you take money from investors, then there's two ways out. You either sell the company or you take it public. Uh, again, I'll, I'll take the question to the audience in the sense, mm -hmm. like, how does anyone know that he has it? 
right? How do you, like at what yeah. point do you have the courage to admit to yourself that maybe, <sighs> maybe I'm an entrepreneur? Right? So, <laughs> and I think that, uh, so there's maybe a few ways to, to look at it. The first one is what we spoke before. Like, have you done something mm-hmm. unique and challenging and difficult? Have you been like, I don't know, the best in your city or in piano? It doesn't matter what it is, right? But if you have done something exceptional, have you commit yourself to do something and went through all the pain and agony to succeed? Um, and that's like one thing. Second, I would I would probably l- listen to my friends, right? So if more and more of your friends tells you, hey, you know, you should start a company, you're really good at it. Sometimes they know better than you. I, I would go to like a therapy or like uh, some, some kind of a, or, or to Vipassana or so some kind of a spiritual thing to make sure that you understand the commitment that you want to take it, that this is not from the wrong drive. Mm-hmm. So if you think it's cool because you went on a, like in a bar and everybody had drinks and suddenly, hey, let's start a company, then maybe it's just, it takes some, you know, you need <laughs> some to sit on it for a while. Um, so I, w- I would take the responsibility. Really to kind of, it's very, very internal to see that you have it, that you have something to bring to the world. Yeah. It's interesting, you know, when you're saying you should just make sure you're doing it for the right reasons because, you know, you're going to be driven mad trying to run that show. I think, I think that there's, we need to be fair to the audience in a way that there's no one reason that is right. And if you want to prove to your father that you're better than your brother, that's fine. I mean, because <laughs> probably it's there from age five. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a great, it's, it's, it's in you, it's fine. Uh, if you want to, I don't know, like whatever, uh, if you think that if you get rich, you get, I don't know, better wife, whatever. Th- there's, no, there's no right motivation. Yeah. The, there is wrong, right? Because the wrong is when you think it's fashionable, but it's not for you, and you're not honest to yourself, and you mm. think, well, everybody's doing it, so I should do it myself also. And then you can just make your life miserable, and people who join you miserable, and people who invest in you lose their money. So there's a... It's kind of a... It's not clear cut, but it's like you need to make sure that you're in it, and you're willing to commit, and you're willing to suffer through <laughs> the, the pain that's inevitable. You can't avoid it. And... We can take it into like, okay, so if someone wants to join a company, this is right for anyone who's going to listen to this podcast. Mm-hmm. If you're joining a company, it's, a, it's probably one of the biggest decisions you, you, you're making. You don't have too many options. Joining a company, so you have to leave your work. You have to, there's two months there, there's three months to adjust to what, what's going on. There's another six months to prove yourself, right? So it's, it's a year even if it's a wrong decision. And mm, it's three right. years if it's a part. You don't have any too many three years to... Uh, <laughs> to spend to the time. F- yeah, to, to fail. And, and, and you go into your question, and if you, if you give up some of your salary for equity, then, well, how long, how many years can you be uh, poor, right? So, <laughs> um, so there's a, it's, a, it's a pretty important decision. And um, so when you ask, when they join, when they come to the company and ask uh, for salary, that may be the wrong question because they should ask about equity and upside. Yeah. But at the same time, and this is not personal to your company, etc., they should also say, okay, so I'm giving up salary for equity. How do I assess the probability of success mm-hmm. of this company? Mm-hmm. And the probability of success is the single most important element people should ask, in my opinion, when they join a company. And if they're convinced about the probability of success, then salary suddenly become less important. And I think if, if I was in shoes of uh, someone who comes to your company and asks uh, about uh, compensation, let's yeah. go this way, not salary, I would ask, okay, so give me the salary. And then if I give up 20% of the salary, how much more options do I mm-hmm. get, right? How many? So I would actually, and I push back a little bit, I would push for the salary. And then once I get the salary, I would actually 
give up the salary for more. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. probably the right thing. Yeah. Because if the upside is what makes people, you know, it's a life-changing event. Um, and I would say that, that's kind of, it's there. But it, it's a very deep issue. And when you join a startup, right, especially startups, and I want to develop this point for a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So let's look at the points that you need to kind of focus on. Um, and I would say, so first of all, I would think, just generally think of what is the likelihood of this company to, su- to be successful. Yeah. If the guy who runs it, it's his third company and he already, mm-hmm. you know, he's whatever, Warren Buffett's kid, <laughs> but I don't know, whatever, okay? Mm-hmm. Then, so give me something. Uh, if, it's, um, if it's someone who just finished 8200 and he's doing something in cyber, which was exactly the attack s- stuff yeah. that he did at 8200, and you know, have customer that is dying for the product to already be there, then well, okay, <laughs> yeah. sounds good, right? Um, so I would I would look look at that number, and then and then I would be a little bit more rude, and ask the entrepreneur, okay, um, can I meet your boss? I think it's okay to de- these days to ask, can I meet the investor? Right? Mm-hmm. So it's kind of un- un- kind of I guess it's surprising, but. There is something between the relationship between the the founder and the investor that the investor is actually trying to find ways to help. And if recruiting talent is a way to help, then they would probably be mm, okay to help. Good point. Right? Mm-hmm. So speak to the investor if you can. And obviously, they're going to sell you the company, right? They're not going <laughs> to, well, you know, we don't know. But listen carefully to what they don't tell you, right? So if you ask them, for example, will you invest in the, in the next round, then count the seconds before he says yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're going to say yes, but, and he would say as much as I can possibly invest. I mean, we're waiting to invest tomorrow. This is the best company we've ever seen. Whatever, there's a, there's a listen to, to, the, to the body language beyond mm-hmm. the yeah. extra words. Right? Spending time with the company is important, right? So companies do have DNA. It's kind of, it's weird, but you join a company and very quickly you behave like the rest of the company. Like 669 have a DNA, so 669 right. is very different than uh, Serhat Matkal or from Shaldag. There's a mm-hmm. whole legacy, there's a whole demeanor, like, uh, mm-hmm. right? and um, there's a whole humor. There's a, so um, are people nice to each other? Nice yeah. doesn't mean good, mm-hmm. okay? Nice can sometimes be very dangerous, but mm-hmm. are they respectful? Are they, are they challenging each other professionally, even at lunch? Right, mm-hmm. uh, that's probably a good sign. Okay. Being nice, nice can sometimes be a killer, right? So if a company people are so nice to each other, <laughs> then nobody will surface the real issues. You know, that's and what they say about Israeli startups and right? Israeli culture, which is uh, you know this ability to uh, sharpen against each other. Uh, if it's a good DNA, right, right. Sometimes <laughs> you bring uh, okay if there's gossip. And or someone doesn't talk to someone, all those signs. <laughs> this is yeah. So I would, I would look. To, I would spend time on the DNA. You probably want to s- join a company when there's enough people who says, if I had this product, I would pay for it. I would use it. I would endorse it. I would. I mean, just give yeah. me this product. Right? There's enough. And and I would also, if you join a company, I would say, can I be? And I fly on the wall where you talk to the customers or potential customers or potential partner or something. So I want to ask you about that. Yeah. So if I were to go back, uh, was it was uh, at 2008 or before when you uh, founded, um, 2005, uh, when you founded uh, Pioneer and uh, knocked on the door and used the criteria you just explained, would I have, ch- you know, would Pioneer <laughs> check all the marks? Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, it's, it, but it's an unfair. I, I had unfair advantage. Pioneer is the second company that I founded. Hmm. 
the tenacity came from the 669 confidence, I guess self-confidence, over, over self-confidence that I can <laughs> do things. But I've started two companies uh, and I ran them and then I replaced myself with someone who worked for me. And both companies made it to NASDAQ. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know how many people did it twice and I think it's probably kind of is a challenge on the life expectancy because if you do it twice, I mean, it's really <laughs> tough. I mean, it's mm-hmm. tough. Um, and so, yeah, so the second company, Pioneer, I already was beaten by all of the mistakes I did for the first company. <laughs> so by the time I started Pioneer, I knew there's a demand. I knew the trend. I knew mm-hmm. that there is a, even, even I knew that the regulation will follow and there's a vacuum in regulation and you can run and grandfather yourself in before regulation will catch up. Mm-hmm. So you can actually create some kind of a substance. And, and, and we do it the same now, right, with the next company I'm starting. So there's a, there's a, there is a cracks between the different giants and startups mm-hmm. can, can sneak into those cracks and <laughs> sl- slowly grow and bring value. And that value is very meaningful for other companies later on. Mm-hmm. So there's a, there's a, there is a, some kind of an engineering on how to build a company and how to choose those elements. And, uh, and again, I think that that's why you need a lot of mentorship. When you start a company, let's put this way, because I know that you, it's, it's your space. Uh, uh, we're not ready to lo- to announce it yet, but I would say okay. that we are we are you know e-commerce is here to stay, mm-hmm. and I think that uh, one of the key to success is to do the same thing and go deeper and deeper and deeper mm. year after year after year. And I'm doing this shit, and I don't, I don't care. Don't don't cut it out yet because I'm doing this shit. Uh, for 21 years now. And this cross-border payment mm-hmm. thing, and then you just become better and better. If you commit yourself to the same space, you just at some point you get an intuition of what may or may not ro- work, and you can see other companies succeed and see other companies fail, and you just develop some kind of an intuition. And that commitment for so long, for so many years, is probably a you know a huge factor in success. Uh, and it's also what differentiate where there's fairly few people who succeed and most people who kind of jungle around and don't do it. So I would say, but uh, I make it interesting, I think, for specifically in the cross-border space, I think that e-commerce is not only here to stay, that's obvious, but it also provides a whole new generation of entrepreneurship. So if you look at Amazon, really, Amazon is a phenomenon, it's probably the ninth wonder of the world in, in sense of creativity, right? And Amazon is composed of like 2.6 million different sellers that goes and sit in their home and think, what is the new product I can invent? What is the product I can sell, right? And they can make some, some kind of a chime bells for dogs <laughs> and whatever, okay? So, and they can make this new product and it may be working, maybe not working. Those are micro entrepreneurs. And if they right. succeed, they make money and they can sell the company and they can make a nice chunk of money, right? So this is suddenly a whole industry that is not VC-backed. This mm-hmm. is just mom and pop back yep. and, and and so there's a beauty in it and and we want to i want to play in that space i want to play in this creative beautiful uh early stage let's hope no one in amazon is listening to the podcast <laughs> because we don't want them to close the crack theoretically you could have walmart purchase group decide what products to produce and bring to the market but I can't think of, of uh, dog chimes. They right. can't think yeah. of, they, they don't know. There's, it has to be broken down to millions of people who can sense the market and yeah. think mm-hmm. that in Germany, they're yeah. gonna buy this little flashlight, who cares, right? <laughs> and uh, so I think this is where the beauty of this, inter- I think Amazon probably made its name and reputation fortune because they allowed so many 
mm-hmm. you know, to take action. Tiny companies to flourish with kind of unique products. It's just, just beautiful. So in that space, we want to play and we want to give services to those companies. And, and it's, a, it's a wonderful, wonderful space. And there's room for many companies. And it's almost, I would say now, that the e-commerce players of five years now have not started yet. So, yeah. So how, how do you, and if you can just expa- explain a little bit more, divide your time between teammate and the new company, and what is teammate? So teammate, and I, I don't want to sell teammate as a teammate, but the concept, and I think yeah. I'm very, very bullish about the concept. If you start a company or if you join a company and start, join a startup, then if there's one thing you can take from this podcast is make sure that you improve the probability of success. If you are successful, then you're going to be rich, your kid's going to be rich, your grandkids, I mean, whatever, anyone around you is going to be rich. It's just, you know, sprinkler, sprinkler money all over, right? So, I mean, all those ridiculous IPOs with just billions of dollars, mm-hmm. right? So if you're successful, there's such, so much success, then you can't even mm-hmm. drink it all. Uh, <laughs> but if you fail, then you just miserably fail, and most companies will fail. So now, uh, yeah. the only thing you need to care about is the probability of success of the company that you join. Mm-hmm. And those are not equal. And what the teammate is doing, and it's part of a whole genre, is to improve the probability of success of companies. And what we're doing is we, are, we take a subject and we research a subject, like I just said, on the e-commerce. Mm-hmm. And we, we take team and we have the money to do it. And we identify the cracks, we identify the trends, we identify, and we do it from an entrepreneur angle. And we then assess the potential of each company to be successful. And then we bring people who want to be entrepreneurs and we <laughs> try to reduce a lot of the unnecessary pressure that they are under. Right? So mm. many of the entrepreneurs are not entrepreneurs because they can't afford to be entrepreneurs. And they wish they could do it, but they have to kind of wait for the bonus in March yeah. and they, yeah. whatever. There's a whole. And in many ways, that's not a necessary, it may not be a necessary pain that you have to go through. So the first thing is if you find people that fits the criteria and they can become entrepreneurs and they're willing to do it, and then they, they join us and they get started from the get-go. And that, impro- that increases by a lot. I think, Bar, you probably had to suffer a lot. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still right. suffering. <laughs> and it's double suffering, right? The, far, the first one is the uncertainty and the, uncer- the financial yeah. uncertainty. And the second is that you don't necessarily all, always have the resources to convince around you. Yeah that the zigzag of finding the right business model takes time and you want to do it with resources. So the whole idea of teammate and uh, the rest of the industry in that category is to improve the chance of a company from the get-go, improve the chance of success, mm-hmm. find the right people. Let's talk about something that I, I assume is not very much not the lowest common denominator and maybe is uh, quite unique. Acro yoga. So uh, how did you get into acroyoga? I'm, I'm sure it's not because of multiples. So I d- let's start to link the, the mm-hmm. idea between acroyoga and, and entrepreneurship because there is a mm-hmm. lot, right? So I went to Burning Man in Nevada, and it's uh, like uh, I think Steve Jobs went and all the <laughs> Google guy went, so you know, I was there. Um, there was a camp who did acrobatic yoga, acroyoga. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like, why would anyone trust me for doing those things? And what is the guys going on? And, And uh, it almost, it found me. Mm. And I spent mm. all of the Burning Man doing only this. Um, and, you know, with all the sand and the condition, it wasn't perfect, but it was just amazing. And I went back to Israel and I was just, I was hooked. And this is like almost, like, I, I, it's not logical, it's just found me. However, very quickly into this, uh, and I think acrobatic yoga have very unique things. So it's very 
equal in a sense that anyone that just go to the park and practice it you don't need Mm. Uh, you know, it's not like yachting or whatever, yeah. skiing. Or Special equipment or something. There's no equipment. Yeah. You just, you know, basically it's you. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it uh, very quickly you can sense trust because people need to trust mm-hmm. each other, right? And this is so there was a whole connection about trust. Um, uh, it kind of requires you to practice and, and get stronger and get more flexible to be able to do it. So. You know, to be able to do be, to be good at it, you need to go and do your homework, and you do it. Otherwise, you can't do many of the exercises. It's very equal in a sense that it's age agnostic. So I'm probably, I guess, twice the age of most people I practice with, and it's irrelevant. You're either good or you don't good. It doesn't matter how mm. many exits you had. Mm. No one's going to fly on you if they don't feel safe, mm. right? So in many ways, it takes everything you did so far, and you bring it back to irrelevant, and you start from scratch. What we have done with it is an entrepreneur. This is like what, what happens when you give entrepreneur with uh, our career capabilities and money. <laughs> we created um, uh, a flash mob hmm. in Tel Aviv. Uh, I think we, got, we put it on, uh, we had to get all the permission stuff from the city. And I think it's probably the video that was showed more than any other video in Tel Aviv ever. <laughs> uh, it goes uh, more than six, six million views uh, so far. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it's just uh, so we kind of an uh, entrepreneurship so we did uh, it's not for you know there's no profit there but it was um, just uh, you kind of the, the currency is, is, is number of likes yeah. and uh, <laughs> it's absolutely there so I think that uh, was beautiful and, and we create a lot of clips and that's uh, the entrepreneurship is let's put it this way a lot of entrepreneurship creating companies has a lot in common with any kind of other creativity because you create mm-hmm. something out of nothing right. mm. and if you look at clips of Akriyoga clips and I did many um, you create something out of nothing. I like to wake up in the morning and, and, and do something out of nothing, and that's a good use. And we, sp- we started the podcast of saying, you wake up in the morning and you have this energy, how do you steer it? How do you mm-hmm. uh, kind of mm-hmm. uh, navigate your energy to s- do something that you're going to be proud of, that you're going to feel, you feel meaningful and significant and you know relevant in this world, and, and, and creating stuff is, is one of them. Uh, we plan to ask many more questions, but I think that we have time only for two more, so I will ask one. And then you want uh, Yoni um, I don't know if you know or remember but one of my first meetings as um, the founder of the organization was with you in Bugrashov in a small coffee shop and um, you know it was seven years ago I was young I had just finished my military service I have no idea I had no idea what I'm doing actually <laughs> and the, our meeting was seven minutes and at the end uh, you decided to to contribute to the organization what made you Uh, decide uh, that you n- you need or want to support the cause there's a show called carb your enthusiasm mm-hmm. right so <laughs> the Seinfeld guy and I would say you know all the contribution uh, my tendency is always you know take my money but don't take my time <laughs> right, <so laughs> I like that <laughs> it's easier to <laughs> give money than time uh, and it's true right so once you have an exit then suddenly time is the only currency you have and it's uh, and you change the way you think um, Uh, I, I do think that um, I, I do believe in mentorship. I, I do believe in the 669 program, and I think all of the yeah. major units in Israel have it. And taking people with, with, with um, it's, it's, you know, they've been, pro- they've been tested, they've been proven to be strong, they've been proven to be resilient, they've been proven to be talented, they've been proven to be smart and, and, and cooperative. And you want to give those people the twist and the help to be able to, to harness their energy. To do something creative for themselves and for the society 
and mm-hmm. it's a privilege to be in that junction. Um, so, yes, it's kind of an easy, easy, easy cause, right? So if you help, uh, mm-hmm. you know, feed cats, and uh, like it's endless, right? There's many, many cats. But if you help people that already, you know, they already took years of preparation and tremendous mm-hmm. amount of tenacity to make it. Uh, so there's a there's a something to be said about you know helping the people who want who, that, that that helping the people that can use the help. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you give 50 shekel to a homeless, then he yeah. will buy more drugs, and then you feel good about yourself. But I don't think it's going to take him anywhere. If you f- if you help someone who just finished six six nine to find uh, better guidance, he will mm-hmm. likely you know do something much more effective. Yeah, yeah, to society. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Last question, the traditional question we ask everyone. Um, let's imagine that we were now able to magically uh, uh, transfer you back in time, and Yuval would now meet. Uh, you'd meet. Um, 21-year-old Yuval or 22-year-old Yuval just leaving uh, the army service. What piece of advice would you, uh, would you give your younger self? Well, uh, <laughs> we need a few hours for this. <laughs> uh, I think uh, uh, the, the best advice I would give to myself uh, is first, you don't have as much time as you think you do. It's the first time. It's very, very, very tricky. You don't have as much time. I would make the advice that over time, your intelligence is the compilation combination of the people you spend around you mm. so be very careful of who you spend time with not only from just being nice or being pleasant or but also how they challenge you mm-hmm. uh, how they contest against you mm, you know so that's kind of really number one like how do you improve yourself over time and kind of spend the time to enjoy the process of getting better and better in whatever you choose to be better at right um i would give the advice of finding friends in finding people that can you know be happy when you do good and yeah. support you when you're da- bad and not telling you oh i had my work my mine was worse mm-hmm. whatever right um i would give the advice which it probably took me a long time to figure this out <laughs> is to be very 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 accurate in how you think and how you speak and i think that's yeah uh, that i, I learned that uh, it took me a while to learn to appreciate how important words are there's one thing i would say you will become based on the wisdom and inspiration of the people you're going to choose to spend time with him yeah. wonderful i can tell you i'm very glad we spent the time uh, yeah. together <laughs> <laughs> time well spent <laughs> Yuval, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you, guys. Uh, we're, very, we're very glad to and hear about Pioneer's success. Thank you for the golden contribution in Israel and the U.S. Right, so. yeah. Yeah, thank you. Uh, I want to thank the IDC International Radio and the Asper Institute for New Media Diplomacy in Eritrea for hosting us. And uh, thank you very much, Jonathan, for uh, joining us as well. Our podcast will be uploaded to Spotify, Apple Music, and we will advertise it through the AFU 669 marketing channels. If you want to get our newsletter, the podcast episode, or to get involved, please join our mailing list or write us through our website at www.afu669.org. On our next episode, we'll be hosting one of our and Israel's greatest supporters, someone who cares deeply about Israel's security and its image around the world. Thanks again, Yuval. Thanks, Bar. And we'll see you in our next episode. Yeah. Thank you. Bye-bye.